You know, this last Wednesday, I was sitting in an early morning gathering of business owners and managers at the Leader Restaurant. We've been meeting every Wednesday throughout the summer and just encouraging others in how we can influence the business world within our communities and counties and how we can hold one another accountable and encourage each other in, you know, managing what we do uh, for God. And that day we are talking about doing the hard thing as a manager, an owner, or whatever, doing the hard thing. And a good friend of mine, Greg Carlson, who used to run, now it's Press Homes, but it was Grandview Christian Homes years ago, and he was the executive director there. And he talks about back in the early 2000s, sort of similar to today, but in the early 2000s, how it was very difficult to get workers, that there were very short workers. And it was Christmas Eve, They had 180 residents that they needed to care for, uh, feed, clothe, you know, put to bed eventually, and they were short. And so he, he talked to his family, he talked to his wife, and he said, listen, you know, I know that we always gather together with all our family, my side, for Christmas Eve, and we gather with the cousins and uncles and aunts and everything. But I just feel like I need to be at work tonight. And so he told his wife, Greta, that, hey, I'll I'll meet you eventually at the get-together. And he went into work and he asked, you know, what can I do? What would you like me to do? And they said, well, go over and, and serve Mrs. Brown. And he sits down by Mrs. Brown and he says, he says to us sitting around the table, you know, she would have no clue that I was even there. You know, Mrs. Brown was blind, she was deaf, she was crippled, she had no clue I was even sitting next to her until I took a spoon of food and put it to her lips. And I spent that time feeding Mrs. Brown and then helping to transition her, you know, to a room and care for her and that. And he said later on that evening when he was leaving, there was a young woman coming through the door to help. And he stopped and he said to her, thank you so much for coming in to help. And the young girl said this, I wanted to be here because I knew this is where Jesus would be. I wanted to be here because I knew this is where Jesus would be. Wow, what a statement. Not out at the parties, but in with the people on that silent night. Jesus tells a story in Matthew 25, verse 31. It says this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. Think about that. All the nations will gather before him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. 
the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. And I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick in prison and you did not look after me. They'll also answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick in prison or did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for the one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then you will go away to an eternal punishment, the righteous though, to eternal life. You know, pretty straightforward story about our responsibility and how we are to live with what God has equipped us with and given us and how we are to wake up, roll out of bed and go about our days making sure that we have eyes to see, ears to hear, hands to give, feet to move towards those people around us who have need there's a very beautiful story about Martin of Turin. Martin was a soldier and a Christian. And as he was entering the city on a cold day, there was a beggar in rags asking him for help. Martin had no money. And so he got off of his horse took off his soldier's coat and he cut it in half. And although it was tattered and in disarray, he gave half of it to the beggar. That night it is said that Martin had a dream, that he saw Jesus in all his glory amidst his angels. And he was wearing half a coat. Inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. You know, I find it interesting that the story that I just read you about the sheep and the goats and Jesus separating them comes right after the story Jesus tells 
that we have been going through in this whole series, the stories of the talents or the story of the bags of gold, where Jesus says a master was going away. And so he gathered his servants, and one he gave five talents, another he gave two talents, and another one talent. And a talent in that day was incredible. He gave the one servant five talents. That was worth a hundred years of wage. A hundred years of wage. Incredible. The two talents, 20 years. The one talent, 10 years. 20 years of wage. And so this amazing responsibility that as he was gone, they were to bring increase to what they were given. They were to use it. And when he returned, he wanted a count. And the one that had five said, hey, I've earned you five more. The one with two, I've earned you two more. But the last one, the one with one, as the story goes, he goes out and he buried it because he was in fear of the master. But yet the master rebukes him and says, well, at least you should have taken it to the bank and deposited it so that at least I would get some interest. And so then Jesus finishes that story and then tells the story of the sheep and the goats. And he's challenging those who are following him, Christ followers, to live and to use what he has given them for the good of others and also for the glory of his heavenly Father in heaven. 1 John 3.18, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Right? True love is a verb. It is action. I had just finished reading this book called A Pearl in the Storm about Tori McClure, who was a woman who rode across the Atlantic. She rode across the Atlantic, 3,000 plus miles in a rowboat. And she talks early on in the book about growing up and growing up as an older sister to her younger brother, Lamar, and how Lamar was severely uh, physically and mentally disabled, and how as an older sister in the neighborhoods where they lived and they moved often, that she would often have to fight on behalf of Lamar, or that the two of them would often just get beat up, because Lamar was different, and people liked to beat him up and beat her up. And I get that as I was reading that story. I get that growing up with Bell's palsy. If you look different in the world, you get beat up. It's just how it is, right? But I loved the little story she said of the one neighborhood she lived in. And here it is. The best athlete in our age group was a tall, handsome boy named Eric Fee. In our neighborhood, Eric was king. To his credit, Eric was a benevolent ruler. 
He treated girls with respect. He was gentle towards animals. One afternoon, Lamar and I were at the playground. I was practicing basketball, and Lamar was in his usual place at the edge of the playground watching the action. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a grubby boy pick up a rock and throw it at my brother. The rock missed. Before the boy could pick up a second rock, I tackled him, pinned him to the asphalt. Eric was on the other side of the playground with a boy named Dale Ellis. When they heard a fight was underway, they came running. By the time they arrived, I was straddling the boy on the pavement, my hands gripping his collar. He was kicking. I was yelling. (laughs) Eric thought the boy had picked a fight with me. He peppered the prisoner with questions. Why are you fighting with a girl? Why did you throw the rock? Why did you have to bother her brother? Why were you trying to hit him with a rock? Eric and Dale pulled me off my prisoner, and they took him aside. After a few minutes, Eric and Dale dragged the boy over to Lamar and made him apologize. My jaw dropped. No one had ever apologized to my brother before. Then Eric called all the kids on the playground into a huddle. Once everyone was assembled, Eric explained that Lamar could not defend himself. And because of this, no one was to tease or taunt him for any reason. Further, if someone did something to Lamar, Eric would be the one to tie up the score. Someone asked whether this applied to me. Eric grinned in my direction and said, I think she can take care of herself. Eric Fee's simple decree changed our lives. That day on the playground, Eric blessed my life with a lesson in benevolent leadership. For the first time I could remember, Lamar and I were safe in our neighborhood. One 11-year-old boy bestowed peace and justice on two hapless misfits. I knew then what I wanted in my life, to gain enough respect to do the same for others. This is how we're to live. This is how we are to go about our days. This is what we're called to as Christ followers. It's the bottom line. Philippians 2.4, Paul challenges us and he says, listen, do not live a life that is full of selfishness or vain conceit, that, hey, it's all about me. He said, yeah, look after your own interests. You have to, but also look after the interests of others around you. And John mentioned the verse in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. A good work is typically done to the good of others and then to the glory of God. And so that's where I want to challenge each one of us here this morning when it comes to our participation in the church 
and when it comes to our participation in life in general, that we be a people who give ourselves to others. God has created us for more. He has created us for more. In the story of the three servants, one getting the five, one the two, and one the one, when the five bags of gold talent were taken and brought back as 10, and the two brought back as four, it says in verse 23, the master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You see, God's created us for more. As we are faithful in the few, he will add and give us more. But it is ultimately for our enjoyment for the good of others, and ultimately for the glory of God, that he gives us more. I recall when I started into ministry, we were down just off of Lake Street by Powderhorn Park in the Phillips neighborhood. My wife and I decided, hey, we're going to go to the inner city, we're going to go to church. And so we were serving in this small church as I was in school, Salem Free Church. And there was not enough room. I, they asked me, hey, would you teach high school, Sunday school? And I said, sure. But there wasn't a room for them. And so I ended up carting all the kids over to Abbott Hospital, and we met every Sunday in the McDonald's at Abbott. And that's where we did Sunday school. They had a home, a little house towards Abbott Hospital called the Salem House. It's where we did Awana. It's where we would tutor kids through the week there, and it was in shambles. And so I asked, I said, hey, would it be all right like, if I tried to raise some money and get some people in here to like redo this so it worked better for Awana and for tutoring and that? And they're like, well, go, you, know, you can try. And that, so I, I went back, I talked to people, I called my parents, I, I got, said, Dad, order me carpet. He was in the carpet business and all that kind of stuff, and I was able to raise money to go in and, and got help to redo the Salem house. And then a couple months later, the senior pastor comes to me and he says, listen, I'm leaving. I'm leaving, I'm taking another position. And I want you to be the senior pastor here, interim. I'm like, <laughs> and we, we were there less than two years. But to me it was, it's nothing to do with ego or anything, but it's this piece of, hey, if you're faithful with a few things, God will continue to add and give you many things. And he will use you in ways you've never imagined. And that is what we are inviting you to do as action heroes at New Hope Community Church. And that's why on your chair you have an action card to actually take. I want you to take that in your hands right now. I want you to look through what is it God is calling you to do more of. Because within the church, we are all part of the body and we have a responsibility. Within the community, we are all part of the unity of the community and we have a responsibility to serve. And so here at New Hope Community Church, we are going to do this. 
And so find your passion area on here, check it off. And if we all serve together, the serving is light. And so I encourage us to invite God to work in our lives and say, God, do more. Do more in my life. Because four weeks ago when I started this series, Action Heroes, we talked about James 1.22, right? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And so I'm asking each one of us here this morning, let's be the Eric Fees, right, around here. Let's be the Greg Carlsons who goes in on a Christmas Eve. Let's be the young woman who walks through the door and says, I wanted to be here. I wanted to be here because I knew this is where Jesus would be. Let's pray. Father God, you own us. Just like in the story, the master owned the servants. They were given a responsibility and we are given a responsibility as well. But yet it's not a burden. As we've seen every week in the life stories, how people enjoy serving and enjoy doing it with others. And the laughter, the joy, the crying, the praying for each other, doing life together. And then ultimately impacting other people's lives. And so, Lord, I pray we would be action heroes within New Hope Community Church and also within our everyday life, wherever we are. Give us more to your glory and the good of others. In your holy name, amen.